Well, we're in a series of messages that you created, that you created, and this series title is Curious, God's Answers to Your Curious Questions. Now, last week we began the series, and what we did is we took some time to just kind of lay a foundation, So, because I think sometimes the question is asked, okay, if God has answers, where are those answers coming from? How, do, how can we know those answers? Where can we find them? So we took last week to talk about God's Word. It gives us the foundation, and if you haven't had the opportunity to view that message, you know, I encourage you to do so. It'll really help you. It really will give you some, I think, some very practical understanding and some practical tools by which we can discern, discover God's answers to our questions. So last week, we talked about the Bible, Bible 101. Today, we're going to talk about healthy relationships, healthy relationships. There's, there's really no way that, again, with kind of with each of these topics that I'm covering over the, this seven-week series, it really is impossible for me to, to go as deep or as wide with the series, or rather with the topics that a series could provide for you. Earlier this year, I did a series on relationships, and the title of that series was Relationomics. Now, I know that's not a word, but we, craft, we crafted a word, we coined a word for that series. And what I, how I defined relationomics was like this. Relationomics is the study that deals with the development, understanding, and practice of healthy relationships. One more time. The study that deals with the development, understanding, and practice of healthy relationships. And so when we talk about relationships, I'm going to do a little more of a broad brushstroke of how we, how we are able to have healthy relationships. But go back to that series. It will help you. Again, and it will be a resource to you, for you, for your family, or some friends who may have some questions about how relationships can be healthy. How can they be done God's way? Well, another phrase that I used at that series is really important for our topic this morning, and it's this. Everything rises and falls on the quality of our relationships. Now, that's a pretty bold statement, but I also believe, bold, bold as it is, it's true. Everything rises and falls on the quality of our relationships. Now, there's an anthropologist, and his name is, his name is Robin Dunbar, and I've, I've quoted him a number of times over the years. And he made some pretty extraordinary discoveries. He said, we devote about 60% of our time, ready for this, to only about 15 people. In other words, that, that close circle of relationships, 60% of our time. Now, but here's the startling part of that. The other 40% is dedicated to only five of that 15. So everything, if everything rises and falls on the quality of our relationships, the, intimus, the intimate relationships, that five people, we're devoting most of our time to those individuals. So I need to get it right. Now, those relationships, I think of even my own life. Obviously, my wife is one of those five. I've got three children. I've got some, we have some grandchildren. These are going to be the closest 
of relationships to me than I have some very dear and close friends. I want to get it right. And as I'm even thinking about this right at this moment, I do believe that each of us want to get it right. Because we understand how important our relationships are. And so God helps us. He gives us some some principles in his word that help us create and construct healthy relationships. Now, I'm not a a huge literature fan, or (laughs) that's probably, that was the first thing that came out of my mouth, so okay, I'm not a huge literature fan. There we go, I said it. (laughs) But I'm familiar with a writer by the name of Leo Tolstoy. Maybe you are as well. Maybe you're familiar with his name. But he wrote a a very popular book titled Anna Karenina. And in that book, he opens with this phrase. It's become a very popular phrase, very well-spoken phrase. He said, happy families are all alike. Every unhappy family is unhappy in its own way. Now think about that for a moment. That's a pretty startling statement. But, but it's also really profound when you kind of dig into it. He said, every, our, our happy families are all alike. And every unhappy family is unhappy in its own way. Well, is that true? Is that true? Are all happy families alike? Uh, and if it is, does that mean, does that mean that every healthy relationship of any kind is the same? as other relationships of the same kind? Fathers and sons and moms and daughters. and I mean, it just, it, it crosses the spectrum. Is every relationship, every healthy relationship similar? And, and then the contrast to that are unhappy relationships or unhealthy relationships so diverse that you can't, you really can't put them into a quote-unquote box. You know, when you think about it, as individual people, we can make a mess of our lives. We can do a really good job, and we can mess up those relationships in so many ways. And Think of it this way. And it is so unique to us personally that no one, no one possibly could imitate it or duplicate it. You, you look around at the diversity of, do I dare say, mess of relationships, and they're all across the spectrum. You know, when you think about it, I as a father can manipulate my child, and as a husband, I can undermine my wife's confidence unlike anybody else. No one, no one can mess up that relationship better than me. With your, with your spouse, with your children, with your father, with your boss, no one can mess up that relationship quite like you can Think about that. Once again, happy families are all alike and every unhappy family is unhappy in its own way. So I'm going to change the words just for the sake of our gathering this morning. Happy or healthy relationships are all alike and every unhealthy relationship is unhealthy in its own way. Man, that's pretty astounding, isn't it? Now, I drew some of that information or... I guess you could say the information is right, from an article that Steve Arterburn wrote. 
Now, if, if Steve Artiburn is right, if he's correct in kind of his assessments here, then I think it's important for us to focus on the qualities that, that can build healthy relationships. But I think it's also important that we understand or at least identify qualities that can derail our relationships. So that's what we're going to do for a few moments. We're going to talk about some derailers to relationships and some builders on relationships. The com- there are common qualities, common qualities that we need to look to this morning. The first is this, healthy relationship derailers. Derailers. Uh, this past week as I was studying, uh, as I, you know, I normally do, I, I scan the web, I, I go all, I go as deep and as wide as I possibly can to, to draw some information that maybe I haven't considered before. Well, this week I did that again. And I want to tell you something. I viewed a whole bunch of articles that essentially say 18 ways to destroy your relationship. There you go. Now that's an encouragement for you. Or the top 10 ways to destroy it. Or nine things to avoid in a bad relationship. I mean, it just went on and on and on. In fact, it went so far as there are 96 million different articles on how you can derail a relationship. There it goes. It's everywhere. There's so much. And I will say, I will say, there probably are 96 million different ways to derail your relationship. And now while I obviously can't go through 96 million, and some of those are, are really they're good. There's some things that need to be considered. When I come back to the authority of God's word, there's a passage of scripture that really helps me understand some of the, the relationship derailers. And I want you to look at it with me. It's found in the book of Proverbs chapter 6 and verse number 16 is where it begins. Look at this with me. Here are six things that God hates. Let me stop before I go any farther. I, I should have mentioned this a minute ago, but Follow along with us in version, and you'll have the notes. There are questions and stuff for, for later study, all kinds of things. But follow along with us in version. All the scriptures and the points and everything are there for you. All right, back to it. This is from the message paraphrase. Here are six things that God hates, and one more that he loathes with a passion. Eyes that are arrogant, a tongue that lies, hands that murder the innocent, a heart that hatches evil plots, feet that race down a wicked track, a mouth that lies under oath, a troublemaker in the family. All of those are relational derailers. But let me, let me just kind of break it down a little bit. How do, we, how do we derail our relationships? How do we do that? Solomon says it very clearly. He says, eyes, tongue, hands, Heart, feet, mouth. Think about that. All of the ways that we communicate, whether verbally or non-verbally, the places we go, even the thoughts that are in that, that begin to be expressed, our heart. And you notice what is really significant. These are all the ways that we communicate, how we feel, how we move, where we go, what we see, all that we do. Literally, every part of our human faculty is involved in messing relationships up. It's just extraordinary. It's extraordinary. But I'm also pretty confident you're probably shaking your head, yeah. Yep, I've done it. Whether it's the way I look, what I've felt, places I've gone, things I've said. 
And it's really fascinating that Solomon says it this way. He said, here are six plus one. Okay, now that's an interesting, it's an interesting way of looking at things, isn't it? Does it mean there are seven things? Well, I think that's certainly a, a reasonable conclusion. But really, this type of literary structure, what it does, it outlines these six things that point to one. That really take that seventh one as being that which is really the critical issue. And you'll notice in the passage of Scripture, the last thing said a troublemaker in the family. That's the last thing it said. So what is he saying? He says, these things mess up family relationships. They just mess up relationships. So, uh, they, uh, excuse me. Paul said something really significant. In Romans chapter 6, he said, do not let sin control the way you live. Do not give in to sinful desires. Do not let any part of your body, you notice all of the parts of the body that Solomon mentioned, do not let any part of your body become an instrument of evil to serve sin. Instead, give yourselves completely to God, for you were dead, but now you have new life. So use your whole body as an instrument to do what is right for the glory of God. Sin is... Is no longer your master, for you no longer live under the requirements of the law. Instead, you live under the freedom of God's grace. We just simply, just to summarize this, we shouldn't live that way. We shouldn't do the things. We should not allow the faculties of our life, as it were, to mess up our relationships. There's sin connected to that. We dare not, we dare not do what Solomon has identified. The second thing, not only how do we derail it, but what, what, what we actually do to re- derail our relationships. <clears throat> We're prideful. We lie. We kill. Now, let me just stop for a second. Remember what Jesus said in uh, the Sermon on the Mount? He said, you've heard that it was said to not kill. But he said, I say, don't even be angry. Did you know that anger can derail your relationships? I've met some angry people. Maybe you have as well. They're angry in their relationships. And I'm telling you, there's a price to be paid. So you look at this. We're prideful. We lie. We kill. We scheme. We run to evil. We deceive Oh my goodness. <laughs> and don't miss this. Solomon says it. God hates these things. He hates them. And then what I love about the paraphrase of the message he says he loathes them. You wonder why relationships get messed up? You, you might be wondering right now, why is my relationship so messed up? Why, is, why are things going off the, off the rails as they are? They have been derailed. What is going on? I would suggest immediately look, look back to yourself. Don't look to anybody else right now. Just look back to yourself and say, anger and scheming and prideful and lying and deceit and have my eyes taking me places I shouldn't have gone? Have my feet taking me places I shouldn't have gone? Have I thought things that I should not have thought? They're derailers. Don't misunderstand. God hates these things. He doesn't like why? Because he is all about relationships. 
He wants your relationships and mine to be healthy. 1 John chapter 2 is what we read. Do not love this world nor the things it offers to you. For when you love the world, you do not have the love of the Father in you. For the world offers only a craving for physical pleasure, a craving for everything we see, and a pride of our achievements and possessions. These are not from the Father, but from this world. And this world is fading away along with everything that people crave. But anyone who does what pleases God will live forever. You you see, why, why am I using this passage of Scripture? Because what we have, John identifies three categories of things. Another way of saying it, the lust of the eyes, the the lust of the flesh, and the pride of life. They literally are the categories where everything falls. These are things that are contrary to the things of God. These are things that we have to bring before the Lord and say, God, forgive me of this. And I will say, healthy relationship will not start. You will not be able to build that which God wants to build in your life and those relationships that are healthy until you deal with the issue of sin. Whether it's eyes, flesh, or pride. Categories. Every sin falls in these categories. It's where it is. It's important. If we don't deal with it, these things will derail our relationships. And all, you know, you think about this, all this derailing toxic. Goodness, Gary, I'm just kind of overwhelmed. And man, I've done all of that stuff. Not only have I done all of that stuff, I've done it again and again and again. It just, see, I just, I'm just, I don't know what to do now. What do I do? What do I do? Well, C.S. Lewis, incredible individual, 20th century, really theologian, philosopher. I mean, I, so many different things. Writer, listen to what he said. You can't go back. You can't go back and change the beginning. You cannot go back and change the beginning. But you can start where you are and change the ending. Praise God. That's the message of the gospel. I can't go back and change yesterday. I can't do it. But I can start right today And I can make a change today, and I can change the ending. God is able to do just that. Grateful for that. So, those are the derailers. Those are the derailers. Well, let's let's move to the building. How about that? Let's move to the building. Healthy relationship builders. Healthy relationship builders. I I admire those who are in construction trades. I really do. I, I have absolutely no ability. Zero. I can't, I can't really build anything. Now, I will say I do have this ability. I know how to get shocked electrically. electrically. I know how that happens. You know, stick your thing. You know, I know how to do I'm good at that. I'm good at that. The rest of it, not so much. But I really admire the way construction is. You start with all this underground work. You lay down the foundation then you build. You don't start with the roof. You start with the underground and the foundation. And really, when I think about building a healthy relationship, that's where we have to be. We have to start at the, at the very bottom, the, the foundation. We've got to lay this foundation. You know, because here's, here's what I believe to be true. Healthy relationships don't just happen. Healthy relationships are built. They just don't happen. It's just like, oh, wow, I just fell into a healthy relationship. 
No, no. It's built. And I would even go a little bit farther. You know, you've heard this phrase, I fell in love. No, you fall in a lake. You don't fall in love. That's built over time. Healthy relationships are built. They don't just happen. And there's a, again, I'm going to go to the book of Proverbs, and I did this intentionally to kind of show the wisdom of Solomon here saying, these are things that derail relationships. Now listen to this part. It's about building. Proverbs 24, through skillful and godly wisdom, a house, a life, a home, a family is built. And by understanding, it's established on a sound and good foundation. And by knowledge, its rooms are filled with all precious and pleasant riches. Godly wisdom, godly understanding, godly knowledge. Those three words, if you look through the book of Proverbs, you're going to see these three words connected together again and again and again. I don't think that type of redundancy is anything but purposeful. God, by his Holy Spirit, wanted to ingrain this into us through the wisdom of Solomon. How important, how important godly wisdom, godly understanding, and godly knowledge is. And what it does, it builds. It builds. Ready? A house, a life, a home, a family. All relationships are built. They don't just happen. And with that said, what I want to do is I want to talk about some of those pillars that help us build that relationship. So, I'm going to give you a number of pillars. The first one is this, is, and I believe it has to start with here, is godly affection. And here's what I mean by godly affection. You know, it's really, it's really about love. There really is no word more used and abused, I think, than the word love. We love everything from Mexican food to the flowers in our yard, and, and whether or not, whether... And we're excited about the fact that Amazon delivers on weekends. I mean, we love all of this stuff. Now, I get we understand the nuances of the word. But what it, what it tells me is that we kind of have downgraded this understanding of love when it comes to relationships. And it needs to be godly affection. Really, and there are three ways that I would just describe or unpack godly affection. Godly affection begins with God. It begins with God. Mark chapter 12 says, Love the Lord your God with all your heart, your soul, your mind, and your strength. The second is this, love your neighbors yourself. There is no commandment greater than these. You understand, that's where it begins. It begins with God. We, when we are consumed with love for God, our lives will reflect his values. When we are consumed with love for God, our lives will reflect his values, his ways, his character, which will directly impact all of our relationships. So godly affection begins with God. Godly affection then also is defined by God. It's defined by God. In 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse number 4, we read, Love is patient, love is kind. It doesn't envy, it doesn't boast, it isn't proud. It does not dishonor others. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects. It always trusts. It always hopes. It always perseveres. Love never, fa love never fails. Understand, when Paul was writing this, he was bringing correction to the Corinthian church. They had just, they were off the rails. 
okay? He's bringing them back into a, a proper understanding of love. And then the third thing is that godly affection is illustrated by action. It's illustrated by action. 1 John chapter 3, verse 18 said, Let us not love with words or speech with actions and in truth. But we are to love with the things that we do. So the first pillar, I guess you could say, of, of building a relationship or healthy relationship is, mutual, is, is godly affection. The second is mutual respect. Mutual respect. Respect is crucial, is crucial to relational health. When you respect someone, you esteem them. You affix to them a sense of worth and excellence. Do we have respect for the people closest to us? In that inner circle, do we respect them? Another word would be, do we honor them? Do we honor them? You can respect others. You can't respect others until you respect yourself. Steve Arterburn, again, I, I, I drew some things from an article that he wrote. He said, so how do you learn to respect yourself? You see yourself the way that God sees you. That's how you can respect yourself. Romans chapter 12 says, outdo one another in showing honor. Ephesians 4, be completely humble and gentle. Be patient, bearing with one another in love. Mutual respect. Another way that we build a healthy relationship is through shared values. Shared values. Marcy and I, my wife, we just celebrated 44 years of marriage, and we started dating three years previous to that, so we've been hanging around with each other for 47 years, and I know I say this often, but I'm going to say it again. It's hard to believe that when you're 35 years old, you've been hanging out with somebody for 47 years, but it's true. It's just true. It happens. <laughs> anyway, here's what happened in those first three years. Those first three years, we got to know each other. Here's what we discovered. We discovered we came from similar backgrounds. Now, there were some dissimilarities, yes, but there were similarities. And what it did, it, it reinforced for us that we had similar core values. The things that we really believed, the things that were important to us, we were on the same page. Building a healthy relationship requires having shared values. You can't be polar opposites on the values of your life, the things that are closest, and have and expect to have a healthy relationship. When you're not, it's difficult. When you're not on the same page, when you don't have the similar core values, it's difficult to build a healthy relationship. Listen to what Paul said to the Corinthians. He said, don't team up with those, this is 2 Corinthians 6, don't team up with those who are unbelievers. How can righteousness be a partner with wickedness? How can light live with darkness? Now, he is taking it to a very, a very strong extreme, but I think you get the point. There are certain, I can be a friend with someone, but to have a really strong and healthy relationship with someone that doesn't share the same values that I do, it's not good. Whether it's in a business relationship, marriage relationship, intimate friendship, whatever that might be, it is really difficult. When one has values here and another, and we have values here, they just don't mix. And when you add to that the, the strength of not being a believer with an unbeliever, you see that there is a 
challenge and even a conflict there. The next pillar is what I would say is constant communication. I had the honor of doing a wedding yesterday for a wonderful couple, and with every couple that I have the opportunity to be involved in being the officiant at their wedding, in in our pre-marriage conversations, I will always stress communication. And I'll say something along the lines of this. If you stop communicating, you will have difficulty. Even though my wife and I have been married for 44 years, if we stop communicating, I will, I will guarantee you we are in the process of derailing our relationship. But I would also say that as we continue to communicate at increased levels of confidence and intimacy, our relationship will continue to grow and be healthy. It's the same for you as it is for us. Proverbs 18 says the tongue can bring life, death, and life. The tongue can bring death and life. Think about that. Early we read what derails it, what derails a relationship is things that we say. But it will also build it. If we say that which lifts others up, but I think as well it's important to just have conversation about everything, small and large. Listen to what Solomon goes on to say in 25, chapter 25, verse 11. He said, timely advice is lovely, like golden apples in a silver basket. In other words, precious. It's something valuable, communication, timely advice. And then Colossians chapter 4, verse number 6, I love what Paul says, be gracious in your speech. The goal is to bring out the best in others in conversation, not to put them down, not cut them off, cut them out. It's important. Communication is important. The next pillar is what is total honesty. Total honesty. Dishonesty is a poison in a relationship. You know, it's because those lies, they never really go away. Total honesty. I don't, I don't believe there is such a thing as a white lie, whatever that is. It's either, a, it's either true or it's not true. Ephesians 4.25, Paul says, what this adds up to then is this. No more lies, no more pretense. Tell your neighbor the truth. In Christ's body, we're all connected to each other after all. When you lie to others, you end up lying to yourself. Wow. Honesty, honesty is to a relationship what mortar is to a brick house. (laughs) Without it, you simply can't build. These are incredibly important pillars that that build our relationship. The next is complete trust. Complete trust. I don't know if you've ever done a trust fall. It's it's kind of a silly exercise, but you really do have to trust. A trust fall is just you stand, you cross your arms, and then you fall back without, you know, without just trusting the people going to catch you that are behind you. I think I think I did. I've done one as I really recall, but this was a little bit more intense. It was like I think we're about six or eight feet off the ground. Got to climb up on this thing and. 
I had to fall back into people. I just met these people like just a couple hours before, and now I'm trusting them that they're not going to let me just crash and burn, as it were. They're going to catch me. So I got so there were other people that were doing it and they were being they were being chastised for the way they were doing it because they would start and they would kind of inch their way back and they would do all of these crazy contortions and the and the moderators would say no 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 you have to keep your back absolutely straight. You can't you can't bend in any way to to minimize that no you got to trust the folks. So it was my turn to do it and I said, "Well, you know whatever. I'm trusting they're going to catch me." Well, I went up and sure enough, they caught me. Now, trust, trust. You see, trust is the reliance on the integrity, strength, ability, and surety of a person or a thing. In other words, we are absolutely certain. I trust, I trust my wife completely. And I believe she does the same towards me. Now, there are some friends that I trust, and there are some that are still friends, but I don't trust them as much as I trust the others. And you go, I wonder if that one of those is me. Now, I'm not talking about anybody specifically. I'm just, I'm just saying, because all of us, are, we're the, kind of in the same boat. We all do the same thing. We have different levels of this. But when it comes to a healthy relationship, there has to be complete trust. That's the way it's built. Proverbs 11 says, no one who gossips can be trusted with a secret, but you can put confidence in someone who is trustworthy. And I will tell you, I have given, I have talked to people about certain things and they have gone out and told all kinds of folks about it. And I want to tell you something that hurts. And I will tell you that was the last time I ever had a conversation at that level with that individual. Why? Because I couldn't trust them. I want to be a person that's trustworthy. And building a healthy relationship requires complete Complete trust. And finally, the last pillar is true vulnerability. To be vulnerable, for some, is very difficult. You kind of open up yourself. And I know it can be hard. But healthy relationships are built on true vulnerability. And there are a few people that are vulnerable with them. I'm, I'm, it's not... Like I just find somebody I just met, hey, by the way, you know, bleh, you know, there's everything about my life. Now I'll do that. And I certainly don't recommend that. Okay? That's not that's not a good thing. But true vulnerability will build a healthy relationship. I'm vulnerable to only a few of my closest friends. And why? Because it's a safe place. I'll go back to I trust them. I trust them when I open up my heart to them. I want to be that person. And I do believe with all of my heart that it builds a healthy relationship when we have true, when we're truly vulnerable. I love what Paul writes in Colossians 3. He said, make allowance for each other's faults. Remember that. Nobody's perfect. Nobody. Make allowance for each other's faults and forgive anyone who offends you. Remember, the Lord forgave you, so you must forgive others. Above all, clothe yourselves with love which binds us all together in perfect harmony. So when I think about building healthy relationships, are there other pillars, as it were, that would build it? I'm sure there are. What I want you to take away is this, is this thought. Remember, with 
godly wisdom and godly understanding and godly knowledge, you can build a family, a life. You can build relationships that are healthy and strong. God's word gives us the answers to the questions about our relationships. But it's difficult, it's difficult to find them if we don't dedicate time to the study of this incredible, incredible book. He has answers for your questions. Remember, one final thought. Relationships do not have to derail. God has answers to building healthy relationships. Pray with me if you would. Heavenly Father, we thank you for today. We thank you that we can have healthy relationships. And Lord, I'm also very grateful today that no matter what I may have done yesterday and messed things up, I can't do anything about that other than to start to today, start where I'm at and build and to change, to change the future, to change the outcomes. And Lord, maybe there are many that are saying the very same thing. I, I regret a lot of the stuff over here. God, I want to have a healthy relationship. Forgive me for the things that have derailed and help me build that which is healthy. So right where you are this morning, would you just take a minute and just say these words with me? Because here's what I, here's what I know to be true. All of us at some point have failed in a relationship. We've messed something up. Whether the place that we've gone, the things that we have thought in our hearts, the words that have been spoken, the deception, the anger. We've all done it. So just right where you are with me, just say, God, forgive me. God, forgive me. When we say that with integrity, here's what happens. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to purify us from all unrighteousness. I'm grateful for that because I need his forgiveness. I need his grace. All of us do. All of us do. And maybe to take it just a little bit farther, the most important relationship of any is your relationship with God. Do you know him? Do you know him? Not know about him know him. You say, Gary, how is that even possible? It's possible because of his son, Jesus. Jesus came to show us the heart of the Father, the heart of God himself. And Jesus said, you want to know the way to, to the Father? You want to know the way to God? He said, I am the way, the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father set through me. So right now where you are, would you just say, Jesus, I come to you. Set me as I am. Forgive me for those things that have displeased you. Because I want to know God. When we do that, again, with integrity of heart, we declare that He's our Lord, that he's, 
He's the one who is able to direct our lives. He saves us, forgives us, and brings us into relationship with the Father. If you prayed that prayer today, let us know. We want to journey that relationship with you. You can do that at office at gotocrossroads.com. One other thing. Maybe today you would like prayer about whatever may be on your heart. But we have an opportunity for you just simply, again, through way of email. It's prayer at gotocrossroads.com. And we will be praying for you this week. Healthy relationships are built. They don't just happen. Build your relationship upon the foundation of God's word. And I'm confident, whether it is your own life, in business, in family, that healthy relationship will be built upon the principles that are eternal. Thank you for joining us today at Crossroads Church. Blessings to you. We look forward to connecting with you over the days that are ahead. Don't forget baptism next week, outdoor service the following week. Good things are in store. Blessings to you and have an incredible weekend. We'll see you soon.